loyal, brave, and true. It is my duty to protect my family. And we're back. Welcome to another episode of Mike, Mike, and Oscar. I am also Mike, and with Mike One still resting and on the mend, I am lucky to have Raul Nevedo and Mo Shama with me today from a podcast that's been in my rotation for a while now. They are two-thirds of the Minorities Report film podcast at mreportpod.com, at mreportpod on social media. Raul... Mike and I are big fans of you guys, and uh, you and I have been talking about this for like a month now, so thanks for making this happen today. Absolutely, man. We are excited. We are honored to be uh, chatting it up with you today. Sad to see that uh, the Mike one is not going to be here with us, uh, but we we appreciate appreciate the invite nonetheless. Between uh, just the three of us, uh, nobody nobody else is not going to be leaving this room. Uh, <laughs> you're my favorite Mike, so okay. just... Don't, don't let them know. <laughs> well, thank you for that. And uh, Shama, I feel like you and I are simpatico. Like, I am the Shama of Mike, Mike, and Oscar, and you are the also Mike of MRF. Like, our jobs and our roles are very similar. So I'm thrilled that you're here today as well. Welcome. Oh, yes, of course. Like, what you don't know is that, like, when I was a kid, I really wanted to grow up to be an also Mike or, or, a, or a Mike and Ike, you know? <laughs> Any Mike <laughs> Either it would be good for me, you know. <laughs> Man, I'm a big fan of you guys, and I always appreciated the effort, you, especially in your research for all the episodes I've listened oh, yeah, to. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know. I, I retweeted it again as a quote, but the the episode on the uh, Paramount decree was was. Oh, unreal such yeah, a good episode the effort is shown there yeah. well that was all mike one i mean thank god he's an attorney and he's able to get through all that crap because oh my i i my i was going cross-eyed trying to read through just you know right. the hollywood trades coverage of it all and but your uh, job your job was so important man because, i had to be because the audience we were all, surrogate yeah exactly we were all over here like what did he just say and then you would like ask again and rephrase it and be like ah yes that okay that makes sense all right we're good all right let's keep going <laughs> But Shama, look, no offense, man, but I'm tempted to go back and, you know, deconstruct that joke you just made about Mike and Ike's and also Mike and wanting to grow up to be like, because that's like, that's dad jokeness on a whole new level. That's like over my head. That's so meta, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, I'm a dad, you know, I have two daughters, so I should have some dad jokes. <laughs> that's the daddiest joke I've ever heard. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's setting a new bar for Mike, Mike, and Oscar on dad jokiness and corny ass ways to open an episode. So I'm that's full perfect. of surprises. <laughs> All right, guys, we are here to review the 2020 remake of Mulan that just dropped on Disney Plus this past weekend. It is available to everybody early access for $30. We have a full non-spoiler review for the first half of this episode, followed by our trademark spoiler warning dance music and that interlude, and then we'll dive into spoilers for the latter half. So I got a couple of warm-up questions kind of to introduce the movie here, and you know, your show's been talking about this like crazy over the last few months, so Shama, I'll kind of to start with you here because like part of your job is to debrief the mrf pod to debrief you know dre and raul there on the industry news stories on some of the box office and i love how your show keeps me up to date and you know gives me another uh, episode to click on all the time with the movie news as well so like i said i'll ask you first tell our fans 
what you're what you've been thinking about the play by Disney Plus to offer Mulan for this thirty dollars on PVOD. First of all, you know, um, it comes from a company that always has been known to support exhibitors all over the world. You mm-hmm. know, they always have this meeting everywhere where they go, where they open, to say that like they are always there for exhibitors. They considering their early reactions when Universal announced that uh, uh, Trolls World Tour will be released on video on demand, they were not supportive uh, mm-hmm. to that. Yeah. And they said that before, we we support theatrical experience. So we know that like they, they are not one of, of the studios that like to eliminate the theatrical experience. Yeah. This decision, when it happened, it was shocking for me. You know, mm-hmm. but um, like, not only me, like the entire industry, the world, they, they calmed a bit down after after they announced that the decision was a one time because of this unprecedented year, you know. Mm-hmm. On top of that, the amount of loss they had in every branch of the Walt Disney Company mm-hmm. felt like an acceptable reason for them. You know, they have been losing money left and right at the at the at the parks. They have like a huge production being sitting down waiting for, for a release date. They keep pushing and pushing. But then they announced that they would be releasing it on Disney Plus by creating something called Premier Access. It annoyed me more, you know, like to be honest, I, I got more annoyed with the Premier Access more than releasing it on, on demand. Mm-hmm. Like a, like a, they, they have to have the Disney yes. DVDs. Yeah. <laughs> Disney always had to find a way to Disneyfy everything, you know. Of course, it's clever. It's really, really clever and, and business oriented point of view and but they knew it would increase their subscriber base. But is Mulan worth thirty dollars? That was my question. And you know, I guess I could, I, you know, I see where you're going because, like, Disney Plus is taking all of the profits. It's kind of how Universal and Comcast, you know, were making all the money on Trolls World Tour, and it's and it does affect the bottom line. And like you're saying, you know, Disney as an, an enormous company, the way they've been functioning. Uh, over the last few years, I mean, they're kind of, I mean, they're penny pinchers, you know, I mean, they are not Netflix, like Netflix has been flush with cash lately, and they've been paying everybody left and right, they've been giving, yeah. you know, all these funds <laughs> and everything, it's, they're not acting like Disney's been acting, and you would have thought that after the MCU, and after all the box office smashes that Disney's been pulling in, that they would be a little more, you know, more of a free spender here, but I guess, you know, you're right, they're not, and they're looking to make maximum profits with this, or kind of salvage profits, because, look, I mean, Mulan's getting an international release as well, right, so it's gonna do some numbers overseas we always thought it was going to do well overseas it's a chinese story Mm -hmm. for christ's sake right but Mm -hmm. i I do think this is a test case for what the rest of the studios are going to do this year i mean we talked about tenant in our last episode as it's a test case for theaters for the next few months i don't necessarily know if it's a test case for the rest of the decade i think a lot of people are apocalyptic about that i'm not quite there yet but look, I mean, if Tenant's a flop, if Mulan's a flop right now on PVOD or in theaters, then we're probably not going to get these movies put out the same way. Uh, so I guess, I guess the next question is: Do you guys think that it's going to make the money back? I mean, what's what's your predictions right now? For I mean, does it have to make four hundred million, five hundred million on that two hundred million dollar budget? Um, I agree to what what you said, and and to know prior to COVID, 
And Disney, when they were doing their uh, feasibility study for, for 2020, they expected to make $1 billion worldwide at the box office. Wow. Taking that 40%, like roughly 40% goes to exhibitors and um, and other like marketing things. Disney expected to net like at 600 million, you know, on yeah. a 200 million budget. Now they will be satisfied with, with a roughly 400 million gross, you know, and uh, between PVOD and international theatrical releases. And yet it probably will break them close to even because they don't have to make double you know, for the PVOD release, that's just pure profits at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a fascinating question. We're all going to have to have to keep our eyes peeled on the box office numbers, and we'll have to listen to your show for your analysis going forward. But Raul, I mean, what, what's great about the Minorities Report Film Podcast is you guys just make a glorious point of emphasis on your show of representation and we need more voices like you like you guys in the space like desiree in the space and mulan is a complicated scenario here because you know right at the inception of it there were there were petitions from fans not to whitewash this remake of mulan heading into production and their answer at disney was to make this cast of asian actors actually a cast of asian actors the crew on the other hand I mean, it's a bunch of white people. Let's be frank. It's a bunch of white people in uh, mm-hmm. power positions <laughs> yeah. on this crew. All that being said, we're glad to see a female director in Nikki Caro of Whale Rider, McCallum, USA. Yeah, she's from New Zealand, but we got a female director in charge of a big Hollywood blockbuster. Women directors have not been given those opportunities, so... It's kind of one of those things that Mike and I call a Hollywood half measure in a way from Disney here. It's nothing new from them. So I guess, you know, what's your take, Raul, on this film's cast and crew composition? Is it another infuriating example of Hollywood progress? Man. I start out (laughs) with the easy questions, though. Uh, so first off, I, I, I really appreciate the compliment, by the way. Uh, uh, absolutely. I feel like representation is huge and, and so important. And that's exactly what we want our show to be. You know, mm-hmm. just, it's just we want to be and, and, and I f- we've gotten the question, I feel like so many times. Uh, hey, are you guys, you know, minority support? Are you guys aimed at, at having a minority audience? And we're like, no, 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 no. We are the minorities. Mm-hmm. And we are we want to talk, we want to reach everybody. But we are the minorities and we are reporting and we want we're 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 bringing representation for everyone to enjoy, not just for other minorities to enjoy. So I appreciate that you uh, I appreciate the compliment on that, man. Really, really appreciate it. Um, as far as uh, man, how Hollywood half measure? I feel like we could talk about this all day long. I mean, like we could have a twenty four hour episode on this and more. Uh, and more. Yeah. I have never heard it put quite so eloquently. But but yes, this is absolutely that. Uh, but it's not just in ethnicity that we want to see representation. Like for me, I don't need to see, you know, if it's a film about uh, a Puerto Rican family, do I need a Puerto Rican director? Do I think that only Puerto Rican directors know what or, or do I think only Puerto Rican directors can direct a film about Puerto Ricans? Absolutely not. Right. But. But there ha- there does have to be some experience, not only, you know, you have to have somebody on set that has that experience that, that is able to make sure that you are representing it correctly, especially if you haven't grown up in that or you don't, you know, you don't know that experience. 
And then on top of that, on the genre, you know, consider that Nikki, Nikki Caro, mm -hmm. she has proven herself to be a very, very talented and capable filmmaker. Um, I've not experienced enough of her films, but Shama has, and Desiree has seen a couple, and Shama, you know, very impressed with all of her body of work. But she's never made a film like this. She's she's never made an action heavy film. Uh, she's never made an action heavy film, you know, set in Asia that I'm aware of. So I wonder, as I'm as I was going into this, I was I was really really wondering what exactly did Disney see in her to pick her for such an iconic role. And it's it's strange because McFarlane USA is a smaller movie. It's it's a pretty solid movie, I thought. With Kevin yes, Costner, track yes, coach yes. there. Uh, we have Whale Rider that I remember seeing years ago. I remember enjoying that film. It was a performance from a young actress that was excellent, and she just never had the career I thought she would have at the end of the day. But you're right. I mean, she's never done the blockbuster before, and that's not her fault necessarily. Not, 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 not at all. And and like right. I'm all I'm all about giving directors the opportunity to to step out of the box that they might have been put in. You know, um, like like. Uh, like Gina Prince. Like Gina Prince. And like David Fincher. Like David Fincher. I, I feel like I bring up David Fincher every episode. Right. Um, David Fincher, everybody's just like, oh, yeah, he does those dark dramas. But like he's been trying to make a massive blockbuster for a long time. And and, and they just they, they just they're like, no, no, that's not your thing. <laughs> um, and I, and I, I truly believe that he can do it. Just like I believe that um, other directors that have not gotten the opportunity are perfectly capable of doing it as long as they've shown that they can do it. But like they need that support. You know, yes. uh, like behind the camera, do I think that they need to have a 100% Asian crew? Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. um, you know, in front of the camera, we're making a film set in China, especially long, long time ago, China. So 100%, we need to have 100% representation of Asian in the front. Uh, but behind the camera, not at all. Mm -hmm. But I did expect to see people in the roles whose experience uh, was closer to that of what they were accomplishing, at least more people in the role. Um, and again, it doesn't have to be Asian, like Christopher Doyle. Uh, he did the movie Hero with Jet Li, um, and he's done his 90% of his career has been set in China, um, but he's Australian. But he has incredible experience making not only films set in China, not only films that fit that vibe, mm -hmm. but also he's shot a lot of action movies that, that would have a, a cinematographer aiding a director that has not tackled something like this, having a cinematographer that has that experience to, to be their second, to be like, Oh, this is how this is going to look best. And da, da, da. And cause I have this, like that would have been so beneficial in this film. And so I'm looking at, um, now I'm blanking her name right now, but the cinematographer for this film, I'm looking at her body of work and I'm looking at Nikki Carl's body of work. And it just, I don't see why these two were matched together to make this film. Yeah, it's it's a tough call for Disney because they've made a lot of good calls. They made a lot of good bets on. I mean, the Russo brothers, for example, the Russo brothers oh, are yeah, doing yeah. half half hour sitcoms before I think it was Winter Soldier, right? And yeah. they're doing half hour sitcoms for NBC. And next thing you know, they're in charge of a Hollywood blockbuster. We've seen Patty Jenkins go from small time filmmaker to the big budget, you know, billion dollar blockbuster. Yeah. So it's worked many times before, regardless of gender. Of course, I, I agree with you though. Like I think. 
at the end of the day, somebody above the line in one of those power positions, it's got to be a personal story for them. And maybe that's where they whiffed on this one because we're, we're kind of getting into our review at this point. And, I, you know, I read every name on there, and it's just like one white person after yes, another. Yes, it's yes. just frustrating, right? Yes. I mean, every, I mean, maybe there's an Asian studies degree <laughs> behind every one of the screenwriters, and maybe I am an idiot and I don't understand <laughs> their personal stories <laughs> with China. But just, I mean, on the service, it's just a bad look from my perspective. And I could be the angry white guy screaming about this, his hypocrisy for all of us today. But I, it just, but, that's, that's the look. No, it, 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 you're, you're not wrong. Shama pointed out earlier when we we're having a conversation about this, that Aladdin had the same problem. Yeah. You look at the people behind the camera in Aladdin and it's, it's nothing but with the white people. Yeah. Yeah. It's unfortunate. All right. Well, let's get into kind of our expectations because I love the trailers for this movie when they were coming out. I was very positive on those. I just rewatched the 1998 animated film hey, yesterday. We did the same, yeah. <laughs> and look, I mean, I know it has its problems. I know it's a bit dated. I know that, you know, Eddie Murphy's a little awkward in there, but I still had a lot, I got a lot of enjoyment out of that film. And again, maybe I'm the white idiot too ignorant to know what he's talking about but shama i'll start with you here what were your kind of expectations uh, you know heading into this uh film you know and and take into account that animated 1998 film uh the the original film there actually like i i wasn't i'm I'm still not a huge fan of the animated one from 1998 like um it's good but i never miss it you know Mm -hmm. like I always miss The Little Mermaid. I always miss Aladdin. They were always like on on VHS and uh, at my parents' house, like playing it all the time. My my eldest daughter, like um, when she was like a year old, we started like watching them again. And I think I've seen like Mulan maybe a total of three, four times in my life. You right. know, but like Aladdin, I'm sure like it's more than a hundred. Like Little Mermaid, Lion King. So I'm always skeptical about live action remakes. Plus, like this trailer, didn't have didn't get me over the moon, you know. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm a big Disney fan. I lo- I, I'm a huge De- Walt Disney World. It's an understatement. Uh, uh, pass holder. I, I'm a like I love Disney, you know. Like uh, so, I always hope for the best from them because they have the entire system and talent pickers and everything to find the best people to do things. But sometimes it flops. And it flopped a lot with live with live action, you know, like especially like with Dumbo. So, <laughs> yeah. So I, these remakes, I mean, they're not doing well so far on them. I know they're kind of doing well with the box office, but uh, we're going to talk about it a little later to close the one of the sections. But like these remakes, that has any of them been great? I guess we'll talk about it now. Have any of them been great? I mean, Beauty and the Beast was probably the best one. I enjoyed some parts mm. of Aladdin, but it's just like, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. <laughs> fool me four, six times now. I'm an idiot. I believe, for me, like the best live action uh, remake, in my opinion, has mm-hmm. been Cinderella. It was new and nostalgic at the same time. Yeah. I feel like Kenneth Branagh uh, omitted the, the music beautifully. Mm-hmm. In a way that it didn't take away from the story, it's only it's only one like I, I would say it, it, it's excellent. After that, like other than Cinderella, my favorite would be Beauty and the Beast, but that's for the nostalgic reasons more more than uh, it's not the best cinematically, you know. But um, and Aladdin after that. 
Gotcha. So, uh, yeah, that's the one I haven't seen. I, I think that's out of solidarity with Mike One, who won't even speak the remake's name because he loves the original so much, and he doesn't even want to acknowledge it. But I'm glad to hear that. Glad to hear at least they started it off right. Yeah, Cinderella. I, I didn't grow up uh, uh, with animated movies. I'm not a big fan of them. Uh, so I, I didn't care to watch the remake of Cinderella. Uh, Desiree made me watch it, and I was like, wow, this movie is... Amazing. Awesome. And so it made me want to watch the rest of the remakes, and it's been downhill from there. <laughs> it's been downhill ever since. And that was Rob Stark, right? Rob Stark was Prince Charming? Yes, 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 yes it was, yeah. yeah. And El Fanning was Cinderella, yeah. It was amazing. Okay. All right. Got to check it out. Well, all right, let's get into the performances now. Yifei Lu is Mulan. She's from the Forbidden Kingdom, the Assassins. Thank God she was good in this, because we're about to go down downhill like you said there's a lot to get on this movie for but raul uh, where do you stand on her screen presence on, on the lead's performance here in milan well first first i gotta correct sean it's lily james lily james i said like cinderella. this yeah okay. i don't know how i forget <laughs> lily my daughter like always says like that tennessee hey, cinderella but then i don't know why i uh, uh, i got confused with really, my life really, really dropped yeah. the ball there um but uh i uh i'm sorry to disagree with you i i was not impressed. Not a fan. Um, I think I think she had moments like the scene with the matchmaker. Uh, not the scene with the matchmaker. The scene in which she's told that the matchmaker has found her a match. I think the subtlety in her performance there and, and her reaction mm-hmm. was was really really good. And I felt like I felt her the most in that scene. Um, but aside from that, I just did not think her charisma matched that of uh, Fa Mulan. But I've said it before. Uh, I, I I studied film and directing and and writing specifically that was my focus Mm -hmm. and i always try to i I don't want to give the blame where i can to like to one person and one thing i always say is no actor can deliver bad lines well right and this script is riddled with bad dialogue yeah the worst yeah i'm sure we'll get there but so that's interesting i i kind of i guess i grabbed onto her thinking that all right this is the one beacon of light in this movie where i i I saw some moments from her where she had some charisma where she's kind of i mean looking just awesome in some of the action scenes obviously she's a great athlete and she gets a lot of montage and maybe the filmmakers are fooling me there but uh uh how about you shama um, I I will like join Raul in, in in his voice like with my voice. I felt her performance was bland. You know, like uh, her fighting choreography was great. Like she's athletic. Like she's 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 doing great fighting scenes, but her ability to emote was lacking. There's mm. she's missing a depth. You know, like it's monotone sometimes, two dimensional. Like something is missing. You know. It's surprising, and it's hard to live up to cartoons in a way. We just saw this with The Lion King. I mean, there's no expression on any one of those cats' faces. <laughs> yeah, and it, it, when expecting. Yeah, I mean, the animated film's nothing but personality, and we just watched Mushu. He's nothing, nothing but personality. We oh. just watched Mulan in the cartoon version. Obviously, just with the slant of a line and of her eyebrow, you get all this personality. It's hard to do in real life for, for, for obvious reasons, like I said. All right, well, let's move on to the support 
supporting cast. You got Donnie Yen. He is uh, Ip Man himself, right? He is Commander Tung, the trainer of the Good Guy mm-hmm. Army. There. You got Lee Gong. He, she is uh, Shay Yong, uh, the scary kind of dark witch in this movie. Now, Jason Scott Lee, he is from the Jungle Book remake, and <laughs> I've never been a fan, but he's, he's terrible. Me neither. Me neither. Yeah. He's <laughs> B- Bori Khan. He's the big bad in this. And Sima, thank God Sima is in this. He is Zhao, Mulan's father. And Rosalind Chow is Lee, Mulan's mother. I loved her in Plus One. She's hilarious in that movie, by the way. So, guys, uh, out of this group of... Uh, the ensemble here. Do you have any standouts? What would you guys think? Uh, for me, like I, I love Donnie Yen. Like he, he, he's my favorite. I loved him since, like in Ip Man and in, in Rogue One, he yes. was phenomenal. And I liked him here, really. Like in addition, of course, to Tima, like her, his performance is great. And especially since, since the farewell, I love him more. You know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the horse. <laughs> <laughs> really, really like the horse. Um, and I noticed that you conveniently left out Jet Li. I want to forget that. Wait, Jet Li is in this movie? Who's Jet Li in this movie? He's the emperor. Oh, my God. I had no idea. Really? Oh I thought God. you were really making fun there. Like, I really thought, like, when you said, like, where's Jet Li? That, like, you're, oh, you're... man, that is too good. I had to, I was looking at him. I was like, I know that voice. I know that voice. What is it from? So I had to look it up. And I was like, of course. Because his voice in this, have you ever seen The One? I believe so. It was a long time. Yeah, the, I, I definitely seen it. It's a long at time. At the end of it, he screams, I am the one. Yes. And like, his voice is like, like, that's something. If you've seen that movie, like you make fun of for months on end. Yes. And yes. he sounds, the way he delivers the line, that line in the one is he speaks in this movie the entire time <laughs> with that voice. And I, I hate to say it, but in terms of the script, like every one of the Emperor's scenes until the end, it's kind of a laughable scene. It's I mean, laughable, yes. So the dialogue bad. is so, so bad. cheesy. It's so mm-hmm. on the nose. I thought they failed miserably to give us any subtext whatsoever. It's just all right there in the text. It's like just meant for kids. It's like a you know a Saturday morning cartoon level dialogue, which was just so disheartening. At the end of the day, Raúl, do you have a more measured take upon the screenplay, or do you kind of despise it as much as I do? Uh, I'll take despise for two thousand, sir. <laughs> um, it, it is oh man, it is bad, um, and, and even things that oh man, I can't. I, it, we're not a spoiler section, so but there are things that they rewrote from the animated one, which like, I'm not mad that you're rewriting something that like, I feel worked in the animated one. I don't think you need to change all that much, but they completely changed mm-hmm. and for the worse. And, and like made it less impactful. They, they made it less impactful, somehow complicated it. Yeah. And it was worse and complicated it completely unnecessarily. They had a couple great scenes going for it from the animated version. And the animated version had its flaws, like we were saying. And yeah. they screwed those scenes up in the remake. Oh, it's just, yeah, it, it, there's a lot of that going on here in this movie. I, I was just, I really was devastated by the fact that some of the the some of those trademark moments didn't hit the same way. Uh, luckily, I thought, you know, some good scenes with Mulan and her parents. Uh at the at the same time, though, I wonder if we're being a little harsh because there's a lot of good female empowerment here. There's a lot of good messages for kids here until, you know, something at the end, which might, you know, take it all the way back to the Stone Age. But I do think going forward through this movie, 
you know, there's a lot of good mantras and battle cries. Uh, am I right about that? I mean, Shama, am I am I trying to walk it back here because I still want to like this movie, or, or, am, or should I just stick to my guns and hate it? No, stick to your guns and hate it because unfortunately, <laughs> man, I you know I I as I said, like I'm a huge Disney fan, and I keep like um, telling uh, when when anything bad happens or flops, I keep saying, oh, let's give them the excuse. We don't know what's happening. We don't know what's behind it. So I watched the movie back to back. And I said, like, oh, my God, I'm so devastated. It's infuriating. Like, I'm so furious because you had the budget. You had a great story that just, like, need to be a, a beautifully portrayed. And it mm-hmm. all, it's all I'm, all over the place. I'm with, uh, listen, I'm, I'm with Mike. Uh, there's some good here, you know, because we all know. That's what I say all the talk, time. Talking about, about Disney movies. Penalty. Mm-hmm. Death. I, Disney's still in my heart. Like I, I have, I, I beat like boom, boom, D Disney, boom, boom. You know. Well, obviously, like the big thing from the from the original movie, the standout is some of the music. I mean, there's some great songs in there. This is not a musical. There's no singing Eddie Murphy Dragon, but the score does give us some, you know, callbacks. The Harry Gregson Williams score. He did Shrek and The Martian. Uh, he does use some uh, of those original songs like i said so shama what do you think overall of the audio here can we start to get into some positives whether it be the score or the sound design oh oh like <laughs> some positives like man the sound design and the mixing is really horrible <laughs> like it's horrendous the score is fine but I feel it didn't fit well for many of the scenes. Like he was taking the same melody, the same tone, and like restarting it from the beginning in another sequence. And some tones doesn't fit till, till another sequence starts there. So like to the point that I said like, oh, something is not well synced, but it's intended from them. Like they had great background from the Chinese music. They should right. have used more influence, like the Chinese folklore, that the Chinese like... Uh, heritage and cultural music that's amazing they this should have been used in a different way yeah missed opportunities there yeah missed opportunity this not only the score the sound mixing we have like some scenes especially at the war and, and the fighting scenes you hear like the sound of the of the bow and arrow and, and while the music is playing but you don't hear the 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 sound of the sword you know so why like why in the sound design we are not using everything to to the same level you know I, I I watched the movie back to back, and especially after watching Tenet, and we know what happened with Christopher Nolan and sound design. So right. I thought, is something wrong with my ears? Like, <laughs> am I distincting things and I cannot hear the rest? You know, but apparently it's not only me. Yeah, and, and I, I gotta say, I feel like this feels like a sin for me to say. Um, and I just want to make, I just, man, I just want to make this quick comment on the music. <laughs> I finished this. And my whole thing for these live action remakes has, has been stop making them musicals, please. Yeah, I missed I missed the song. I wanted the songs back because I was just like, there's something missing. I, let's just add a song here. <laughs> and I've never said that before. I've never said that. Maybe the answer is just leave it animated. Make an animated remake or something. I, I don't know what they're doing, but yeah, this live action nonsense is not working. Anyway, it's all downhill from there. I tried to start out with the positive in this production value <laughs> section. The cinematography is rough, guys. I mean, the green screen, the green yeah, screen rough. is appallingly obvious. And then 
like, all right, some of the visual effects in like a vacuum, if you just focus on the hawk turning into a lady and vice versa, like in a vacuum, that's good, but they don't blend it. It's like they didn't take the time to, to mix it all together and make sure that the composition worked. You get some gorgeous shots in the montage where they're just showing like the landscapes and Mulan's doing the sword stuff and that's beautiful but I, I think like some of these visuals are just so bad that that I, I, I'm just floored by how they allowed that to be in the film. Raul mm-hmm. are, are you dealing with highs and lows or do you think they're as awful as I do? For me I, I, the highs are is the scenery mm-hmm. but then again you are working with gorgeous scenery. It's like a, a, a okay photographer getting constant compliments because he always photographs beautiful women. And it's just like, well, like, yeah, but his photography is not very good. Like his composition and his editing isn't good. And look like it, but, it, but like most people don't care. And right. so it's the same with this. They're going to be like, Oh, it was beautiful. Well, yes, you're beautiful scenery. Cause, cause they shot in, in uh, China and they shot in New Zealand, two of the most beautiful places uh, naturally in the world, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and then I, I I, as far as the rest of the cinematography, I'm equally frustrated with you. Um, I was very disappointed in the shot choices. We see that that shot uh, where they tilt the camera. You know, mm-hmm. I'm talking about they tilt the camera in some of the action sequences, and I feel like they abused that shot. And I feel like it's the one shot that I was actually really excited about. And I'm like, oh, I'm looking forward when I first see oh, it. Oh, yeah, the trailer. The way, yeah, you yeah, see it in the trailer, yeah. yeah. The, I, the first time I, when I saw it in the trailer, I was like, I'm so excited for what they do camera-wise in this, and then I watch the film and I'm really disappointed. Then I, I, we get into the interior scenes, which are like more calm, relaxed, and then the lighting is just just horrendous. Yeah. It, it really kills the effort of framing because I feel like a lot of the scenes were framed really well, but they look bad because the lighting makes it look like it's a stage play. It's like I was watching Hamilton, you know, uh, with the close-up shots in Hamilton with the weird, sharp lighting on the sides of their faces because they're on stage, and this is what this felt like. It's awkward. It's goofy. You and I'm not. Just... I, I don't even want to get into the Phoenix, man. Uh, just, just, just. I promise you, in the Phoenix, I felt that it's it's a raw raw picture. It's not fine. <laughs> like I I can see like the graphics. Oh my god! Is it like is something wrong with the visual effects? Like this is not like at the final cut. Like what's going on? They're trying to give a Mushu character in there. Yeah, they're yes. just sticking it in. It's it, it doesn't work. Uh, I know that the budget was like bloated after the production design, but you can see some money put at work there. I agree. It's not helped by the lighting. It's not helped by the cinematography. You get Grant Major from the Lord of the Rings trilogy doing the production design. You get uh, Bina Dejeler of all the Pedro Almodovar films. She's doing the costumes. Hair and makeup look good. At least the designs are kind of unique and colorful. But again, the composition, it's it really is kind of goofy at the end of the day i almost thought like xena warrior princess was gonna walk out at some point <laughs> or kevin sorbo was gonna be in there i was yeah, gonna save that joke to later but i it just didn't work it didn't mesh uh shama what did, what did you think of the design categories are there some highs in there at least <laughs> um let's like try to find some positive things i agree with what you said that like yes the, the the positive things maybe the production design of her village was really great right and i i really like the the the, the costuming and from you, you mentioned great names you know like pedro almodovar like some of some of the movies especially like pain and glory and it sure. it was great like a way of of, of reprising you know but here I expected more, you know. I expected Oscar level costumes and and production design. Yeah. Like why somebody like Tim Yip, 
He's still he's still alive. He's still working. He did Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. He's from Hong Kong. So this is part of his heritage and his style. And he won the Oscars for art design. And he does sure. costumes. So he would have been a great fit here. And he's an Asian filmmaker. So it was like like one stone getting like three birds, you know, like not even two. No, but it's, uh, it, 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 you know all the Asian inference in Almodovar films. Um, <laughs> they have some experience with Asian culture, you know, like I, definitely something is there. Something we are not aware of. By the way, Mike, you, you are killing these pronunciations, man. I am very impressed. I it's... look them up. I do my best. <laughs> <laughs> Try not to offend the whole world. I think you I speak Mandarin, you know. <laughs> So there's no Oscar lens for this episode. We're calling it a movie event at the end of the day. We kind of put movies in the two categories because we're snobs at Mike, Mike, and Oscar. But unfortunately, yeah, I kind of predicted that this one might be, you know, in the design categories at the very least. I don't think it shows up anywhere. Raul, do you think this has a chance at any nomination? Am I overlooking anything? I, I don't think Disney's ever out of the, out of the race. Uh, they are Disney. They are the most powerful studio in the world. Um, and they can always make something happen. On top of that, this is a very unusual year. Mm-hmm. Um, Unprecedented. And, yeah. <laughs> and even though they, they have extended the Oscar eligibility until the end of February, the people are going to make the argument. It's just like, well, there's not that many movies this year. So that's why they nominated uh, Mulan. But no, I, I, I do not see it having any chances for nominations, in, in my personal opinion. So we're all saying don't watch at the end of this spoiler <laughs> section, unfortunately, when we come down to watch or don't here. Uh, I, I already kind of jumped the gun and had the remake discussion with you guys. Do you guys know of any – or what's the next Disney live-action remake that I, I, I'm going to hate? Any ideas? <laughs> the, 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 little, the, the Little Mermaid, the, that's the next one they're working on. Oh, yeah. Don't ruin <laughs> The Little Mermaid for I me. Know. I want to see the, the purple Ursula. You know what I want to see? <laughs> Did Mich- uh, Melissa McCarthy actually get that job? It, yeah. It's still it's still in talks. Like oh, they, it's still in talks. Yeah, because it was pre-COVID, and then like everything, like they didn't. They, they, but it, she's the number one for me, Queen Latifah. Man, why is Queen Latifah not doing? But she did sure. the play. Like she's I still doing like the, the theatrical uh, one, so the musical song. Oh my God, they're assholes. She's knocking it out of the park in the play version, uh, yeah, and then they're not yeah. casting her in the movie. Exactly. <laughs> but I'm excited that we have David Diggs. You know, like so God. Melissa McCarthy and David, like. Uh, I think Melissa can do a great job. Like um, well, she's a talented actress. Yeah. Yes, she is, and with with, with good director, she she does great. Like um, after, can you ever forgive me? I can see her doing anything. Well, here's the thing. Like I can't go into another Disney live action remake with my memory wiped, excited for it again because I do this yeah. every single time. Yeah, every time. every single mm-hmm. one. I get these expectations that are too high. So maybe my expectations will be so low. I will remember this conversation forever. They'll be so low, and we'll <laughs> oh. finally go into a Disney live action remake coming out of it liking it. But all right, that's, for, that's Martian, for another so day. We hope he will do something better. You know. All right, well, let's get into spoilers here. Here is your warning. Spoilers ahead! This is a spoiler warning. Spoilers. 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 
This is the spoiler section for our movie event review of Mulan with special guests Raul and Shama from the Minorities Report film podcast at mreportpod.com. If you guys haven't seen the movie, then maybe don't. (laughs) (laughs) And just keep listening, save you 30 bucks. Or if you really do want to catch it uh, and you don't want to hear any spoilers, then... You know, click off, come back. We'll be here for you then, so you can listen to the, our breakdown of the plot. Otherwise, this is where you want to be for all spoilers all the time on Mulan here. All right, guys, it's immediate carryovers time, and I was very excited about this because you messaged me that Desiree, that aka Dre, had a statement she wanted to, uh, you know, put out into the world about Mulan. And Raul, are you going to read the statement here from Desiree? I I, I am. I am. I think uh, Shama's voice is more fitting for us. Oh, no. but, <laughs> but, but she told me to do it, so I, I, I'll do it. <laughs> so she says as follows. Mm-hmm. Honestly, there was a great opportunity for greatness since they were remaking Mulan. I don't understand why Disney keeps missing the mark. Mulan is a compelling story that depicts a daddy-daughter relationship, which I think Disney really needs in their repertoire. And they dropped the ball. Mm. They had everything available to succeed, but just couldn't manage it. I echo what you guys said, because she knows what we said earlier. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I will add that I found it incredibly frustrating that though she kept doing awesome stuff, no one witnessed it. No one saw her fighting in the battlefield. No one saw her fighting Bori Khan because they went to the new temple. Why? And why was her reveal so anticlimactic? She just walked out of the mist, which was very disappointing. It was very disappointing. Right on. Statement. <laughs> right on. I, I'm, I'm glad she uh, put the time into that statement here <laughs> to color it with a female perspective. Thank God. She was because... watching it and she was like, she keeps doing awesome stuff. What is going on? Why is nobody seeing it? <laughs> I, you know, again, I got to check myself sometimes because I'm like, are, are, am I just a guy who's watched 100,000 you know, action movies that are directed to men. And I am I missing something with this film? No, she confirms it. We're, we're on the money. Mm-hmm. And, but, you know, because look, I mean, I, I'll admit when I'm a moron, which is often. But <laughs> I guess my, my message to you guys today via DM said something like, I mean, did I just watch the legendary tale of how Mulan set back women's suffrage for over 1,500 years? <laughs> Raul, what the hell did I watch here? What would you think of Mulan's decisions at the end of this movie or the lack of, thereof of the decisions at the end of the film? Mm. So what, when I read that sentence, I, I really had to step. I was like, wait, hmm, let me think. And then I, I'm like, oh, yes, okay. I, can, I see what he's saying. <laughs> it took me a second. And it's funny. Then I read it to Shaman. He was like, wait a second. What? Oh, oh okay, okay. Um, Listen. I, I personally like that she went back home, as she yeah. did in the animated movie. You know, I feel like it's, it's one of the few things they carried over that I was I was I was happy with. Sure. Um, it, and again, that felt like it was necessary. I was, however, disappointed that she didn't accept. You know, like we we see her the entire movie. She is she's she's fighting to to be seen as as capable you know and like she can do more than what the the world or her culture has decided that she can do and so she's fighting this the entire film mm-hmm. and then she doesn't jump at the opportunity when it's presented to her that was that was very strange for me you know I, I, and then we get to the that so so she turns it down and i was like oh that was odd but okay she needs to go home 
Then she gets it offered again. And we, again, do not see her accept. Instead, we cut to black. I, I would have loved to see a scene where, you know, after she's offered it, maybe we don't, maybe we don't see her accept. But right. then we cut, you know, we cut, we see her face, we see the sword, we cut to a military camp full of new recruits. She's given the speech of the rules, you know, uh, this, you know, uh, deceit uh, or, uh, you know, not the, the fighting in camp, you know, will result in this. And she's like saying all these things. She's given this mm-hmm. whole speech that we heard earlier. And then we see some guy, you know, uh, um, make a comment about how a woman is leading them and he can't believe it. And then she smirks. She turns to him and says, hey, you, the whole line steps back except for him. She says, thanks for volunteering. And then she grabs a bow and arrow, shoots it at the top of a pole and says, retrieve my arrow. And then we cut to black, you know, and that would I feel like that would have been a great homage to the animated classic. And it would have left us laughing, moving into the credits. And it would have left us actually feeling good at the end. And it would have been consistent with the message of the whole film. (laughs) Absolutely. Because we would have known she accepted, you know, this incredible opportunity and, 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 and the fact that, you know, she she not only would have been a great opportunity for her, but she is setting a standard for the rest of history mm-hmm. in her culture. So, yes, absolutely. Like, to me, the, the message on feminism really shouldn't falter in the, you know, the climax of your movie, right? The ep- It's not the climax, but it's the epilogue of your film. The epilogue of the film, just stay on message there, please. Oh, God, the whole film mm-hmm. is just on-the-nose messaging. And I'm, I'm at least I'm saying, all right, this is good for, for girls. This is good for kids to see. Amen. Amen to all of it, even though it's not presented all that well. But this, you know, stumbling at the end, it almost borders on a catastrophe for, for me. Because, look, I mean, maybe it's the irony of this being set so far in the the past that maybe it's the tragic irony of how the you know historic chinese culture has just been so patriarchal yeah. just like our culture yeah. has been yeah, so yeah. tragically patriarchal as well but i mean to have any hesitation about this character having an ending where it's not just about the freedom of her choice but just showing her empowered at the end like it's to for, to have all the men just give her credit. Again, it's just to me, mm-hmm. it's just tone deaf. Like we don't need to see all the men give her credit at the end. Like she could have a world changing career. She can have a world changing job at the end of this film. She can set new trends, mm-hmm. and they they've set it up, you know, ham handedly, heavy handedly. But she doesn't like they don't make that statement at the end. And I just thought it was bluntly obvious they just missed the ball, Shama. Shama, am I being too harsh here? Again, uh, you know, I'm willing to admit when I'm a moron. So just just tell me flat out, buddy. No, absolutely not. Actually, I do agree with you. I don't think you were you were too harsh at all. She should have said yes to to the emperor, like to the emperor. She she like the entire voyage, the entire trip of the whole movie is mm-hmm. about she needs to do this to prove to the world, and she had the chance and the opportunity. She could have said yes. And then all what she needed to go to see her family and that let them that their honor is restored. She could have asked the emperor, I will accept it, but I will just go there, see my family afterwards. But after all what she has been through, she just ended by saying no. You know, even my my daughter, my, my nine-year-old daughter, she, this is what she saw when she, when she saw the movie. She said she 
is not she's one of the few Disney princesses that she's not an orphan. So her mom and dad are alive. So her dad doesn't need her now. She should she could have been uh, the she said like the secretary of defense for the country. Yeah. I said so I, I I was like astonished like I couldn't say anything. She has like she she's 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 true. She 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 has seen the character going through all these obstacles and at the end saying no, I don't want to take it. I just think it's such a missed opportunity. And yes. I don't know if they were thinking about being ambiguous for a sequel, maybe. And they were Not just happening. arrogant. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're <laughs> arrogant in that way. But yeah, I'm with you. All right. We usually kind of, you know, hit on some of the major plot lines here. And, and that typically means that we talk about the antagonism as they're a driving force on any plot. So, guys, I've seen some dumb bad guys in my day, in my movie watching life. <laughs> These are some dumb bad guys, my God. My biggest criticism of this plotline has to be the villainy because at any time, never he, you don't have to start a war with China to send all your assassins after this emperor because Sheyong could be the distraction. She could be the diversion to get these assassins, to get these ring wraiths yeah. into uh, the, you know proximity of him, to mm-hmm. capture him. And I love the way they captured him at the end of the day, but he didn't need the sacrifice of our, an army of tribesmen. What am I missing here, Raul? I think uh, my my brain is about to break. <laughs> Your brain is about to break. Listen, uh, you make great points. I was so bogged down by the problems that I, I didn't even think about that. I, I I'm I, like uh, one of the one of the the, the common uh, notes I get from listeners on our show is like, Raul, you really get caught up on the smallest details and they can ruin an entire film. And like, I'll tell you what, one of those small details, like, I don't think it's a small detail, but dialogue can really, really, really distract Yeah, it's me. pivotal. And so, yeah, yeah, and so, so for me, like, I, I I was so focused on the dialogue I was hating that I didn't even focus on all the points you just made. And you are absolutely correct. You know, I rewatched the animated one. Like, I mean, we all did. Yeah. Uh, Shan Yu is awesome. And he is so menacing his opening scene in the animated one is is so good and his plan is so much more competent and so when you say dumb a dumb uh antagonists like uh, dumb yes like there's they're they're dumb in the way that they're silly but they're just unintelligent like i i, I don't know what's going on i their plans are, are are no bueno and 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 then i i compare it to the to the 98 version and i'm just like man what why didn't they just reuse some of these same yeah, scenes. He just wanted to be different. Yeah. That scene where he's like, how many uh messenger how many people does it take to deliver a message? Mm. You know, just one. Like that that it's so good. And it shows his his villainy. It shows how bad he is. You and don't they, get they, a lot yeah, you don't get a lot of him in that film, but what you get is just focused and right yes, to the point and yes. you understand his motivations from A to Z. And in this one he's just he's just silly and and like you said, dumb. <laughs> It's yeah. really dumb. Really it's, dumb. Like, uh, and the word, like, I killed your father. Like, this is so dumb. Like, the way you... Yes. All right, it? so we're kind of getting into worse scenes. We might as well finish <laughs> it up here. The, the, like, to me, I was still kind of with this movie, uh, begrudgingly, to the midway point, and you had the big battle, right? It starts, for some reason, the ring raids flee. I, it's just so mad at yeah. this. They all flee yeah. because they gotta go the back way to get to the emperor. It's just absurd. Like at any time, the super powerful witch lady could just get them there. Yeah, a distraction. So it's just stupid. So, but anyway, they flee. Mulan is crazy. 
she goes after him on her own, and she finds herself in this swamp. And this swamp is all neon colors, and there's this, like, icing, this beautiful, delicious-looking icing <laughs> of this creme brulee pond. It's oh, so man. ridiculous. It really is. It, it looked delicious. I'm not going to lie. I love does, creme brulee. Yeah. I do love a good creme brulee, man. And we have the showdown with, uh, with the witch, and we just have the, this whole convoluted battle that was so simple in the animated film. You understood it, like you said. Mm. Sean Yu, he, he's got the hubris to attack the small little rev- regiment with his entire army. He thinks he's just going to, you know, have a little snack with that army or with the little battalion in the animated film, and he's just, he wants to kill somebody. And, and then she brilliantly shoots the, uh, you know, the, the avalanche, avalanche and it falls on all of them, and he loses because pride goes, goes before the fall. I mean, I love that. In this battle, it's just this convoluted thing where we have this cloud of bats from the witch after the... Like, there's no reason for her to be in the creme brulee swamp with Mulan <laughs> other than she wants a showdown with Mulan first, right? So the witch finally becomes a cloud of bats, and then they're... they're I mean, I love that they're shooting all the formations of the, uh, you know, the Spartan formations there of the Chinese mm-hmm. army. Can we talk about this central battle scene, Shama? I just... Again, I keep asking the same question. Did, did it work for you at all? Am I Am I missing something with this? No, actually, you're so nice. Like, I, I, I asked the same questions watching it. I said, like, it, why, why? It felt cliche, you know. How about the fact that she shot arrows at them and they turned the trebuchet around and shot a mile over her head, even though they were dead, like, 15 seconds before. Like, they were so accurate, yeah. Yeah, they were so accurate. Like, the whole sequence is a disaster, you know, like, you, you feel like in, in half of the movie, okay, we're making it a fantasy because, like, we have a, a woman that forms a cloud of bats, and then let's make it realistic. And then, like, oh, we're not using the entire superhero powers we have. And then, like, let's go back to have it, like, uh, realistic. It, 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 it's messed up. It's a disaster. I, that is so funny to me because I didn't even think about that. They're just, like, pinpoint accuracy hitting one, mm-hmm. like, cluster of men at a time. And the mist and the fog and, like, why? why? And then, and like, it's not even an exaggeration. It They literally shoot a mile over her head. Yes. And I'm like, what just happened? <laughs> and they hit the bottom of the snow. They yes. barely yes. get it into the snow. Yeah. I'm watching Avalanche. it. It's like, oh, my Avalanche. God, what is that? Yeah. And, and then she's like riding over the avalanche and maybe it's like the cartoon version at works. Like you buy that she can, you know, ride her horse over the avalanche, save her friends. Here it just look utterly preposterous mm-hmm. that she's doing that. All right. Well, I guess, Raul, do you, do you have any more worse scenes in this movie before we try to salvage some bests here? Hmm. Uh, I think any scene in which we saw the baddies infiltrate any city uh, and every city looked the same, by the way, to me at least, as it's, you know, it's, it, it, yeah, um, I think any of those scenes, I was incredibly disappointed with, and I wasn't even intimidated by them. And then the showdown at the quote unquote new temple, which I, I I don't understand why they're they're building a new temple when they have a beautiful temple, but that's okay. Um, my goodness, that in that new temple scene, that when uh, gently looks at her and he's like, right. yeah, and then he throws the arrow in the air. I was like, oh my gosh, what just happened? everybody's catching arrows and kicking arrows why even have bows I mean, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mulan does not need bows she just needs somebody to throw them in the air for her 
And then those ring raids, they're flexing their muscles the whole movie. They're looking so, you know, dark and ominous and scary. And then when they finally <laughs> get to fight someone, I mean, Bori Khan, he orders them to kill every member of the Imperial Army. And they get stopped in a hallway by the, you know, fresh recruits that didn't even finish their training, all the characters we know. And guys, they do not kill a single one of them. I thought it was hilarious. Exactly. A yes. single one of them. And they should be the best of the empire, but like at the end, oh, okay. And, which is funny because that's—I feel like that's the most emotion I felt—is when they make you think that one of them died, and I'm like, no, he's my favorite. And then he breathes, and I'm like, oh, okay, we're good. <laughs> like, These guys were supposed to just go and just slaughter the whole army. They didn't even need yeah. the, you know, the, the all of the other tribes because this, you know, elite Mushu attack force or whatever the hell they were, were just going to go behind <laughs> enemy lines and kill everybody one by one. And they can't be, you know, the freaking guys from Stripes, you know, in this movie. It's just absurd, and it didn't work. Uh, Shama, I know, like from the doc here, you didn't like the witch death scene either. No, I didn't. I didn't like it. I didn't like it no, at all. Like no one should like. That no scene. one should like it. <laughs> like first of all, you have like beautiful like scenery in like in the village in the market. The market was really well well designed. And then at the end, like you're doing building the new temple with the less space, and you're trying like to monitor all your angles, and at the same time try to get the best scene out of it. It made everything less valuable and yeah. uh, more cliched and laughable. Like I, I swear I was laughing. Her death was laughable. Yeah, it was laughable. I so all right. Here's a question now, off the cuff. Is it more laughable than the death at the end of the Rise of Skywalker, or less la- or equally laughable? You guys know what I'm talking about? There? Yes. No, yes. I do not. <laughs> I laugh pretty hard at the end of the Rise of Skywalker because when when like... when Kylo Ren died. Yeah, it's spoiler oh, alert. Yes. But the, <laughs> I, guess and, I couldn't help myself. And I mean, when they kissed... I, was, I was so disappointed more than to, to be laughing. Like here, no, here I was laughing. Because like, like it's I think it's, this is I think this is worse. Yeah, this is worse. Yeah. It's just so frustrating because that dark witch is so powerful. She's we so, could have yeah. had we could have had some awesome scenes with her. We got the whole movie where she's turning into bats, yeah. where she's flexing all this power, and then she turns it to one bird one last time one last and time. gets shot out of the air. And why? And I'm I'm confused as to that creme brulee scene. <laughs> and we didn't spend enough time there. <laughs> we didn't spend enough time there for her to fully connect with Mulan. And so I I really or at that point. Uh, uh, to me, it's ping forever. Ping yeah. um, that like I that scene. They could have had such an incredible battle sequence because she's clearly a very talented uh, fighter. The the, the witches and it, they could have had an incredible scene where she is noticing that there's something different about this person, mm-hmm. and and we can see it clicking in her mind. But it's almost like she knows too quick that something's off, and the scene ends too 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 quickly. Yes. Um. So like I, I feel like that could have been a really powerful scene. To make that scene at the end where she dies exponentially more powerful. Yeah, it was beautifully depicted, and it it, it could have been much better to have it longer and add 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 the the uh, you know like one of the soundtracks or one of the music of the movie. I call it like the honor one. It could mm-hmm. have been playing in the background that like she's trying mm-hmm. to reach that like with this strong tone. You know, they had a good chance to to help it there. I feel it was rushed. Yeah, I I love that she can tell. That that Mulan is not who she says she is. I I, I love that. Right. It just wasn't depicted well. Yes. But I really love that they added that to this film. 
Yeah, it's it boggles my mind because I I can like you guys I can see where they're trying to go mm-hmm. with that secondary scene setting it up, but the problem is they're just telegraphing that she's going to turn yes. good at the very yes. end. They're telegraphing it so obviously mm-hmm. with the the second scene. You know, if the creme brulee swamp she survive, you know, Milan <laughs> survives it, but then we go atop the Candy Mountain and the freaking, you know, they just have like a heart to heart, and she lets Mulan go her own way, so you know she's going to turn yeah. good after that. Yes, yes. It's surprising no one, but it's just yeah. such a disappointment because she's been flexing all those muscles the whole movie and all the VFX. It's like they ran out of budget, you know? And her sleeves. Yes. Her sleeves are so right. powerful. I, I told Raul, like, you feel like it's it, it, as if the budget like is, is almost, it got tight, you know? Like, it I told you the budget got the tight towards the end. Like, and you said, like, run out of budget. So when at least two people for me to realize it the same way, so something is wrong with the screenplay and with the direction. Like, directing was wrong here. Screenplay was so poor here. I just I, I haven't been this negative on a movie in a while. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but yeah, I, and, and it's hard. It's hard. You know, Shama just made the comment on director. It's it's so hard. Like I hate, I hate. You know, Nikki Caro. Now she holds the title of the woman with the the highest budget for a female yeah. director in history, and this is a budget that is bigger than what most men have been able yes. to work with. Yes. And so I'm very disappointed. So Sean was like, "Oh, it's just bad direction," but also like. We have to remember Disney is very, very heavy-handed as far as producing goes, and right. it, we, we, it's 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 a very well-known thing in the industry that they are very, very controlling. And so I don't want to put all the blame on Nikki Caro because she has again she's proven she's a a, a very, very talented director. She is the zookeeper's wife is phenomenal. The Wade oh, Rider is great. Like McFarland, did. I enjoyed these three movies. I'm I'm, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah, I, I've seen two out of those three, and I enjoyed them too. So it's yeah. like I, I was all hyped up for this for her. But you're right. I mean, we've seen plenty of directors whose filmographies have been stellar, and they've mm-hmm. done a big budget movie, and it's flopped, or it, it didn't work, and it, you know the suits have too much say. But all right, l- let's try and end this with a couple of bright spots because I got a list of some best scenes or best moments. I guess mm-hmm. I liked some of the training sequence. Again, there's some montage. There's some gorgeous shots in there that i really enjoyed mulan and the you know the, the twilight with her sword there i love it yeah i like how they captured the emperor the the ring wraiths there at the end that was kind of cool with all the ropes uh yeah. to book in the film <laughs> you're generous you're generous <laughs> am i stretching <laughs> anyway to book end the film i thought there's a couple halfway decent scenes with sima uh mulan's father like I yeah. like the dinner table scene. I thought they actually did it better in the remake than they did in the original. Like yes. The original yes. didn't connect with me, but this one where he slams the table, I thought that was that was great. And he's been great in everything he's done lady uh, lately. Finally, um, I kind of like the very very end <laughs> with how the old asshole lady faints. Um, oh my god! You know, oh yeah, I old love asshole that. lady yeah. shame there. Yeah, I mean that was so. All right, so that's the matchmaker. List. I hate that lady. Yeah. Uh, you guys have a few here. Yeah, I love. This is a. I feel like it's the best line of the film, but it is the opening of the film. We see Mulan as a little girl, and there's a scene where her dad, her father, has to have the talk with her, and the line where he says, "Hide your gift away to silence its voice." I say this to protect you. That is my job. Your job is to bring honor to the family. Do you think you can do that? Um, I, I love that line. I think. Us over here watching it, all of us were just like, 
wow, that's a good line. Yeah, I have goosebumps. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, and it, to me, it's probably the best scene. Um, and also the little girl. I was actually I, I didn't love her before that. I, I, was, I was like, all right, but she's not going to be in the movie for long. But like, I really felt like her subtle emoting in that scene was really really good. I, I, I thought she did a great job. So, but that scene for me, and I already said earlier, I do like the scene um, where they tell her that the matchmaker has found her match. Yeah, and yeah, that's that's fun, and and they they, they were able to capture some of the fun of the original. It just wasn't the same. Like this movie wasn't funny. At all, like some of the it it was cringeworthy stuff, wasn't it? But you're right. I mean, some of the heartfelt stuff they nailed it, especially mm-hmm. early with the added prologue with the Sima. I, I agree with you, uh, Shama. Any anything else? I know you didn't write anything down. Anything else that you can? Oh think yeah. Of? You know what's my favorite scene in the movie? Mm-hmm. The very opening scene where it says Disney with the Shanghai Disney Disneyland <laughs> castle because it's the first time to use that, and it's like it's great, you know, because it's in China and it's like it's the Shanghai Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> no, I will like add my voice to yours, guys. Like most of the scenes that you guys mentioned are the best of the movie, you know. And uh, the very first, the very beginning of the movie, the it was very well filmed, and the sequence was really good. That's it. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, like when the girl was right. Like that that running, that's yeah, it. That's it. So I am afraid to do this now, but we got to put a grade on this thing. Uh-huh. And I actually think I, I talked myself down. I was going to give it a C minus, <laughs> a shocking C minus, because I wanted to love this movie. But again, I'm stupid with all these remakes. I'm going to, I'm talked down to a D plus. D as a dog, D plus. Guys, right now, this movie is an 80% on Rotten Tomatoes on 195 reviews. What? In the Mushu fuck are these critics watching? <laughs> the scene, I think they got a different screen around. <laughs> I saved that line till the end. I know it's horrifying, I love it. I love but it. I did. I don't know what they're watching. What What are your grades? Uh, I I think that's insane. Uh, but I gave it. I actually talked myself down as well. I'm at a D minus. <laughs> Um, um, th- that's unfortunate to be said, you know, like this movie is not passing anything on my levels. Like it's not joining any school that the GPA is failing, you know, I'm giving it a D. D and you got talked down too. I saw a D plus there. We all, we all talked ourselves down. I yeah. Mean, it happens. Yeah. It totally yeah. happens. Uh, anyway, guys, this was a blast. Uh, I, I see Desiree, uh, Dre has a, her grade as a C minus. I wonder what, if we would have talked her down as well, but uh, <laughs> we might have, we might have. But thank you again for doing this. I know these uh, these episodes are huge, uh, these movie review episodes. But I, I thank I thank you both for doing this uh, with me and taking the journey. You're Shama, uh, by way of uh, you know signing off here, you know, can you let our people know uh, what you guys have coming up, what you've been been covering there on uh, MRF? Sure, we just released our review of Tenet, and um, coming up next week we will have we'll be reviewing Antebellum, which I just saw. Um, I still well, gotta watch it, but I'm, yeah, I'm, it's on my docket. Yeah, Rolls in City, but I saw it and I was I'm surprised, you know. Um, hmm. As well as some other shows um, on the release slate, like for Hulu has some great shows coming in September, October. We are reviewing them, uh, Netflix and Amazon, Amazon, like the original content for Amazon, uh, the Blum the Blumhouse four movies that um, they are releasing on Amazon in October. Um, some some great uh, shows are coming. Also, we are coming up on our 100th episode, and we still have no clue what we are doing for that. If you have any (laughs) recommendations, feel free to let us know. 
you, you kind of got to just do something that's fun for you guys, right? That's about you. That's not about the fans or anything, right? That's about you. That's uh, true. Yeah. The yeah. adventure it is. Yeah, it should be the adventure, yeah. Don't listen to me. I'm just saying <laughs> the wrong episode. But, you know, yeah, you guys could, could have, have fun uh, talking about some actual movies that work, that you like, and uh, maybe that's the route you should take. I like that. Anything I like but that. this is what I'm saying. I like yeah. Not for the anniversary, yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, look, as for MMO, you know, I've recorded several nights in a row now with all these movie reviews. They come in clusters, folks. Mm-hmm. I mean, this release schedule is, is crushing me at the beginning of every month lately. But uh, Mike and I have a bunch of ideas. Hopefully he's feeling a little better soon so he can get behind a microphone. we got the James Bond character study uh, for September. I know that much. we got uh, Skyfall is up next in that regard. Uh, I guess we'll we'll finish with our socials, guys. So, Ra- Raul, I know you're in charge of the Twitter account. So, you know, maybe you can uh, remind the people where they can find you guys on the Internet. Absolutely, man. We are everywhere pods are available. Uh, Minority Report Film. And uh, like I said earlier, mreportpod.com and at mreportpod on Twitter and Instagram. And then we have a new – we have a website, but we have a new one launching soon. So if you visit it before it changes and then you visit it again, don't freak out. You are still at the right place. It's just it's just changing in the next like week or two. Yeah, we're always working really <laughs> hard on it. So I'm sure you, everybody will like it soon. Well, congratulations. We've been promising our fans a website forever and <laughs> failing miserably, failing miserably to deliver. We have been working on ours as well, but uh, I, no, I'm, I'm jealous of you and I'm, I'm in awe of your, uh, your your programming skills there and your, uh, your, your computer it's, skills. It's, it's, it's been a lot of learning, man. I had never done it. And Desiree was like, oh, you're going to hate it. And I was like, <laughs> oh, you think so? And then I did it. And yeah, she was, uh, she was right. Yes. But once you learn it and you start figuring it out, you still hate it. But uh, but at least you do it faster. <laughs> you do it faster. But thanks That's a lot. How- but hey, listen, man, I want to thank you. I really appreciate you having us on, and, uh, and it's been it's been a lot of fun. Uh, we are excited to at some point hopefully talk to Mike. One, we're sad we missed him, but uh, I mean, I can only speak for myself. I, I enjoy talking with you, man. I enjoy being on here with you. I appreciate it. Yeah, totally. Back at you. Me too. I, I, I loved our conversation today. I, I, unfortunately, it's on Mulan. I wish it was a better movie, but <laughs> it was enjoyable. It was really pleasant. I, I, I really hope uh, Mike, Mike and Oscar's fans and audience will uh, that, that are listening to us for the first time loved um, our joining today, loved our adventure. <laughs> collab, our collab. Our collaboration, you know. So thank you so much, Mike. It was a pleasure. Well, back at you guys. Uh, I've, been, I've been loving the show lately. You know, we, we cross the streams a lot. Like, we're doing a lot of the same shows, and you yeah. guys are covering all the movie news. You're covering a lot of the same movies, and I'm taking notes from you. Like, you what guys are Yeah, thank so, you. Yeah, so it's, it, it, I, I love the programming over there. Um, who, who does the programming, by the way? Is it, is, is it one guy, or are you guys kind of collaborating? We, we, we all just decide. Uh, we, we just say, what are we doing this week? Uh, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably better than me and just annoying Mike with like 75,000 text messages. So, so and, maybe I should take. And take sometimes if there. we have three things, we're like, which one should we do next? Well, what did we do last? Oh, we hated that? Okay, then let's do this one because we like this one. So we should do a positive one. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes we record one and then hold it like to yeah. put like not, not so many negative back to back, you know? <laughs> so that's going to be hard. So you got to do the opposite of Mulan, but similar to Tenant. So that's impossible. Oh, gosh. <laughs> we have Antebellum, which is like phenomenal in a way or another for myself in a way or another 
Oh, God. All right, guys. Well, as for MMO, you guys know we're at MMNOscar on Twitter. We're Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Facebook, Instagram, Reddit, and Gmail. Do please subscribe, rate, and review if you haven't done so already. And, yes, please rate both our shows five stars on Apple Podcasts. That goes a long way to helping both of our shows grow organically there. So, yeah, once again, thank you, Raul. Thank you, Shama. We'll see all of you again next time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.